Hey, Tim. Hey, Ash. Welcome back to Breaking the Fourth Wall, where we engage in stimulating conversations about ways that we can promote positive change in musical theater. The topic I want to discuss today is something that we talk about quite often because right now we are based in California, where of course Disneyland is. Many of our friends, colleagues, students have been working at theme parks here for quite some time. And you and I are going to share a little bit today about our work on cruise ships, the stigma that we have discovered about cruise ships and theme parks in the industry. And we're also going to share with you a little bit of how we met, just oh, in gosh. case you're interested. <laughs> I know we got the stories, the stories, the stories. <laughs> yeah. So today we're going to talk about variety entertainment and the different forms it comes in, but also, yeah, the stigma that uh, often is placed on what it means to be a variety entertainer. Before we do that, though, can we talk about our puzzler for this week? What yes. question, What do you have for us today? Okay, this is a fun one. Uh, this is a costume design one. So uh, who won the Tony Award in 2019 for Best Costume Design? This is a great one for today's topic. I can't wait to talk about it at the end. I thought it would be perfect, <laughs> especially because it kind of connects to us in a little indirect kind of way. So yes, looking forward to jumping in. There has always been... A stigma, I feel personally, with performers that work in cruise ships and theme parks. We are often told that's a great experience, but you know what? You probably shouldn't put it on your resume. And you should probably, you know, um, not focus it for when you're auditioning, not make it a, uh, an important part of your career because, you know, you want to do musicals and, and that's really looked upon in a negative light. And that has always been something that has really bothered me because how is that any different than someone being in a musical? How does that make you any less important or any less talented or experienced as a performer? And now we even have cruise ships and theme parks that are doing musicals. They're not mm -hmm. just what we would call a quote review show or a variety show, but the amount of work that goes in is equally as important as just being in a musical or a play. And that's mm -hmm. something that's always never really settled right with me, especially with our, our history with um, cruise ships and theme parks. Yeah, I agree. The stigma of being a cruise ship, I'm putting the quotes, cruise ship entertainer or a theme park entertainer has always been something that's been disassociated with real theater. And I think that's a problem because entertainment is entertainment. Variety entertainment is has its place just as much as full book musical entertainment, you know, full book musicals. Um, and so I think that's just something I'm really excited we're addressing today because we <laughs> <laughs> performed on cruise ships in our youth, and I would never trade a single second of that experience uh, for anything in the world. And I wanted to also kind of share some of the, you know, bust a, bust a couple of myths, if you will, for people <laughs> that have never worked on cruise ships or theme parks. I do want to also note, because this episode is in 2021, a lot of our friends that have been working at cruise ships and theme parks have been um, not been working for, mm -hmm. you know, a year. And it's been a very challenging time. And so we just want to send, you know, all of our support to those folks as well. I want to start off with our experience in specifically in cruise ships. So Tim and I met on the sea. <laughs> we were working <laughs> um, with Holland America and we, Tim was a replacement 
an M1, which is male one or the leading male, if you will, on Tall in America. We used to work with Stiletto Entertainment. And he came in as a replacement. And I was the F2, which is female two, or like you would think of them as a singer-dancer female track. So there's typically an M1 and F1, and then an M2, F2, and then dancers. That's how our casts were made up with Hall in America. And Tim came in one day as a replacement, <laughs> and we had extra rehearsals that night. <laughs> and um, I came in wearing a pirate shirt, and everybody made fun of my pirate shirt because I thought I was so cool. I just, just to give you some context, I had done one previous contract right before that. I had spent six months in Europe doing a world cruise on a cruise contract, which I'll get to a little bit later. Uh, but I was living my best Euro life. You know, I was wearing all white linen, yes. wearing these Euro sunglasses, um, just looking like like I just stepped off of like Italy. And and I remember <laughs> when Ashley saw me, she's like, "Who is this person?" Anyway. It was so fascinating. <laughs> and I at that time was the I don't know what we remember we called it costume mistress or wardrobe mistress or wardrobe whatever. Um, I was the person that at that time took care of the costumes and kind of stitched it or sewed it if somebody needed an adjustment or whatnot. And so I had to measure Tim and fit all of his costumes on him in like one day because what happens is in our contract, at least for that ship, I think we were in the Alaska, the Caribbean when you got on the we ship. We started in the Caribbean, yeah. For that contract and he got on on a Sunday and the gentleman that he was replacing got off he got on a Sunday and he had been in rehearsals in LA. We had a show that night. We had a show that night. So he had to get on the ship. We had to have rehearsals and he had his first show that day on the ship. So the turnover rate is insane. I think I boarded the ship at noon and at 7 p.m. I went on for our opening night kind of opening cruise performance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Full costume, full everything. I think we did a couple of rehearsals. It was like, wham, bam, get in there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then immediately after that at night, we do we would do a, a put in for me, a midnight put in to prep for the first main stage show. We'd probably like work from like maybe 11 to like two in the morning doing a put in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's another, um, people don't realize that the, the time that you rehearse on cruise ships is typically for something like that, a put-in or a placement, or when you first get on board is you are rehearsing in the middle of the night when everybody on the ship is asleep. Yeah. It's it's kind of a fun experience. I always look forward to it. We always call it Hell Week because it was, <laughs> you'd spent a month at at the studios. In the case of Holland America, it was at Stiletto Studios in Los Angeles. You spent a month with the cast, learning all the shows, and then you would board the ship. And as literally you are boarding the ship, the other cast from the previous contract is walking off the ship. And oftentimes you're in mm -hmm. passing. Yeah, because you're replacing them in every, not just costumes, but in, in, in rooms. Oh, yeah. I mean, everything. It's like a full turnover. And you don't even you don't even go to your your cabin. You go straight to the theater and you put your stuff down. You get changed into your dance clothes and you are literally starting to put the show in because you have a show that night, the first show, and so that entire week you're constantly at midnight while all the guests are asleep. You're working on the shows and putting them in. It's pretty crazy, and I think that's why I wanted to talk about cruise ship performers and and it's a very similar process for theme theme park performers that it is more work than you really think. 
And often what would happen is when people would be cruising and we would be out and about or we would go have lunch or dinner or something around everybody else that was those passengers, they would say, oh, they'd recognize us. Oh, you're the singers, the dancers, the performers. It must be so fun to do this as a hobby. What do you really do though? And we were like, we, we do this. Or what else we would get was, this is so fun. Do you like, you know, fly on and off the ship every week or a month? And we were like, no, we're here for six months to a year. Straight. Straight. I guess we're always fascinated by our our lived experiences on the cruise ships. Yes. And are there, I I also want to just mention that it depends on what ship you're on, um, Every ship is a bit, a bit different. Holland America was a, a great experience for us. Is it great to perform the same show and not have to do extra rehearsals and you just get a float on a ship all the time? And yeah, it's amazing. But it is hard work because you were, it's like almost like being on tour. You mm-hmm. are doing the same show. You know, every week. Every week, this, depending on what type of contract you're on. You're doing the same shows over and over again. You have to find a way to make it fresh, to make it exciting. And you're also living in really small quarters. You don't have a lot of the freedoms that you have, you know, when you're on land, when you're Mm -hmm. even on tour. And it can be a very lonely life on a ship. Yeah, you really have to be self-motivated. I know that when we were on the ship, I actually took extra jobs because I wanted to make more money and I wanted to just have something to do. So we would do things like work in the gift shop. We would also work in like the Photoshop and help develop, you know, pictures from the cruise ship. We would work on shore excursion tours. That was one of my favorite things to do was uh, to actually like work by being like a, a chauffeur or guest uh, tour guide uh, for all these different tours you could take. And that is why I still, I still to this day don't understand the stigma that is placed upon performers that are doing that type of work. What's amazing is the experience that you get by working on ships. Again, the experience that we had mm-hmm. was we were performing on stages that I have never performed on in my entire career. I have never seen it on Broadway or regional theaters. I mean, we had pyrotechnics. We had lifts on either side that would go up at different times. We had million-dollar LED walls, mm-hmm. uh, like elevate um, automation lifts that would just were come on coming out of the ground out of all these different locations. Yeah, we had this large pit that would raise up and lift up people from you know a dancers for a number, or it would lower people, and you could get turntables and revolves. Yes, yes, and it is fascinating to me that people look at that and think of it as really easy or really fluffy. And I just want to kind of break that stigma. It is hard work. It's a different kind of work, yes, but it's equally as challenging, um, but equally as rewarding, just in a different kind of capacity. So I, I want to talk just for a second, if you don't mind, just about like, what are the positive aspects that you know, makes uh, variety entertainment, but cruise ship entertainment specifically so attractive? I mean, the first thing I'll say, I think is the travel. You're getting paid to travel. Like in my case, I was fortunate enough to spend six months traveling from Asia to the Middle East. I went to, I've gotten to see the pyramids. I've gotten to see, I've gotten to uh, go to Jerusalem, go to the old city walls of Jerusalem. I've had the opportunity to go to the Great Wall of China. I've seen all these amazing places. I've gone as far south as uh, Antarctica. 
you know, um, and just having all these amazing experiences compacted into six months. What was exciting for me on that end is I, I had been in New York for a couple of years. I finished undergrad, you know, I left Oklahoma, took my two suitcases, went straight <laughs> to New York. It was life changing to go from Oklahoma, you know, small town, grew up on a farm to New York city. It, it was insane. I will mm -hmm. never forget people, you know, meeting people at auditions or whatnot. Like, oh, where you're, where are you from? We can tell that you're new here. And I'd be like, oh, Oklahoma. And you know what they would say to me? Oh, do you still live in? Do you ride horses to school? And do you still live in teepees? <laughs> and I was literally like, are you kidding me? Are you are you kidding me? But that's because it was a different world for them. Yeah, yeah. New York was a different experience. And so I did some stuff upstate. I you know did work in and out of New York and whatnot. And then when I got the call, the call came to me and said, Hey, we need somebody kind of dropped out of your first contract um, or a contract they had available. We need you here in LA in like four or five days. And I was like, Yes, please get me out of the city. <laughs> I want to travel. And for me, the ability to travel and meet other people and be surrounded by all of these different types of cultures and and people from from you know the global majority community was so exciting because I never had that experience growing up. Mm -hmm. And the people that I was working with on the ship, it was such an and a time for me to discover what type of other people and life experiences are out there. And that yep. was something that I will never trade. I learned, I grow, I grew, I did some crazy things in my life, but you're, you're right. The travel is amazing. I got to, you know, I didn't do as much, I didn't do a world tour like you did, but you know, I spent time in the Caribbean, in Alaska, in um, the, the European, all through the med tour. Mm -hmm. It was amazing. And so you're right. Travel is, I think the number one and on also, the top of the list. When you're 21 and you are coming right out of undergrad. So when I booked my first first contract was with Royal Caribbean. So this was far before Ashley and I met. All of my classmates uh, from my BFA program uh, at Cal State Fullerton, many of us aud auditioned like during our senior year for contracts. And, and a lot of us booked them in different capacities, different companies. And we were also excited because we had graduated and we already had some kind of a performing contract, me making meaningful money per week right out of the gate. And we knew this wasn't going to be a long-term thing. It was a means by which we were going to make a solid amount of money to set us up for our time when we made the migration to New York City, which we all did. So we all went on our contracts. Many of us booked uh, another contract or we ended up going to New York City right after, but we made thousands and thousands of dollars in a small amount of time because you're not really spending money on anything. You're free food. Your bed is made for you. Uh, you get to tr sightsee pretty much for free. So you're just banking your money. And when I got off the ship, I had this nest egg of money where I could I didn't have to look for a job when I got to the city for at least three to four months because I could live off of the money I made from my contract. And I booked my first professional uh, job in New York City, uh, performing job, uh, theater job in New York City during that time. So that started the momentum of me working. And from that point on, I kept working in show after show after show. But had that opportunity not presented itself to work on a cruise ship and build up that nest egg, I may have been so busy working a temp job or some other job where my opportunities to audition and attend, you know, three to four auditions in a day may not have been there. The next side of this that I want to dive into is, is theme parks. Mm -hmm. And we're right here, you know, we're, we're like 
15 mm-hmm. minutes from Disneyland right now where we live in Orange County. And we have many friends. Um, I did a short time at Disneyland. Um, but we have many friends that are, you know, friends of people on the park, as they would call it. Um, that friends have done of the mouse. Friends of the mouse. <laughs> friends of characters, if you will. Um, but we have many folks that we that we train that and friends and colleagues that have done the shows at the parks. And I think that the stigma of being a theme park performer is something that really does need to change because it is offering performance experience, not just the shows, but if you are a, a character or anybody working at the park in entertainment, any aspect, you are really starting to learn how to, to grow your improv skills, how to connect with people, how to sing and perform in a and in, in take care of your body because most of those costumes, especially in the parades, mm-hmm. are you're on concrete. They are not comfortable. Those in lo- the middle of August. In them, yes, yes, and that takes stamina and discipline and taking care of your body. And I think that it's such a very underrated job. And one thing that I always appreciated, where I teach currently at Fullerton College, we are literally ten minutes down the street from from Disneyland. We're literally right off of Harbor Boulevard, which is right on the same street that Disneyland's on. So I'd say a majority of my students in some capacity work inside the park while they're going to college. And a lot of them are parade performers or do some of them do the, the main uh, union shows. And I have students that are 18, 19 years old that are already un- doing union work, getting paid a really decent salary. Uh, not salary, but a weekly paycheck, performing and singing and dancing while they're going to college. That sure that, uh, that sure beats you know the nine to five grind of waiting tables or doing something that isn't connected to your art. So, I applaud all of my students out there who are who are working for theme parks because I think it's keeping your creative juices going while you're learning the craft. We have so many friends that are, you know, our age that are professionals that have worked at, you know, Disney World, Disneyland, not just even as characters, but as, you know, performers and cast members in the musicals, in the shows. You know, Finding Nemo ran for quite a long time at Disney World. They're um, the the Lion King type show they have done there. Frozen here in the park. Um, uh, uh, Aladdin ran for quite a long time. And again, it's that idea of doing the same show for years. Like there are people that did Aladdin here for years down the line. And we have, we know we have friends and, and former students that were part of the original cast of Frozen here at the park. And, and the idea that that is looked upon sometimes with a, you know, nose down or, or nose up, you know, to do is, I just think it needs to change. And I'm hoping that talking about this and allowing people to understand how challenging it is from a, just a different perspective than doing a musical, but the rewards that come with cruise ships, with theme parks, whether you want to do it long-term or whether it's, you know, a short-term job, the options and the, the options are really whatever you feel, whatever is right for you in this moment and in your career. Also, who are we to judge, you know, entertainment, you know, different types of entertainment. I think, I think all entertainment is to be celebrated. And if that comes in the form of theme park entertainment or cruise ship entertainment or dinner theater or Broadway theater, it's all tied together. And if you love doing it, perform it to your heart's desire. You know, I, 
some of the best memories I have in my entire life and will keep me with me forever were on cruise ships. We're working the theme park experience. And I still have friends to this day that are really close because of those experiences we had. And and I'll cherish those forever. Absolutely. And it, it, it brought us together. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And it brought us together. Yeah. Tim and I met, we did the rest of our, he finished the rest of our, the rest of the contract that we had and we both re-signed and we stayed on the ship for another six months. And I had already done a year contract prior to that. So that's how we met. And then we left. And ironically, ironically enough, we we left the ship and we got off in Florida and we went to Disney World for a week. (laughs) Yeah, we went on vacation to Disney World. We're like, where are we going? We were in Orlando, so let's go to Disney World, right? (laughs) Yes. but yes. yeah, that was in 2007. Oh my. And here we are, 2021. No, that was in 2007. We met in 2007. And then we got off in like 2008 or nine or something. It was 2008 we got off and that's when the recession hit yes. and everything happened. But but yes. here we are. But here we are. And so you never know what experiences are going to come to you in your career and you never know who you're going to meet. I never thought I would end up with someone in my industry. It wasn't my jam been there, done that, didn't want to do it, but you were just a cool guy that I met with on my, a ship. With my uh, Euro linen shirt and my Euro glasses coming onto the ship and just looking all Hey, fabulous. you do you. You do you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Tim, shall we go back to our puzzler, which is going to be a great puzzler from from the topic we've been, we've been discussing? Yes. Let's do the question first. So the question of this week's puzzler is... Who won the 2019 Tony Award for Best Costume Design? And the answer is... Bob, Bob Mackie. Mackie. <laughs> yes, the acclaimed Bob Mackie uh, won the 2019 Tony Award for the musical The Share Show. And if yes. anyone has seen The Share Show, the glitz and glamour and sparkle that is Bob Mackie, you know a Bob Mackie costume when you see it because it, it just has his stamp all over it. And... When we did our contracts together for Holland America, Bob Mackie designed all of the costumes. For, almost all. Almost, almost all. Almost all. Yeah. Most all of them. But one in particular, stage and screen, and screen. Yeah. that we did for the longest time. I think I did that show. I, I wish I should have counted it. I think I did that show for like thousands of performances, right? Because it was two years. I'll never forget. I had these super tight, white, <laughs> all white bell-bottom um polyester pants Mm -hmm. that had these sequin stripes going all the way down and this jacket that was just dripping with crystals and sequins and and you just walked on the stage and you just basically when that light hit you you just were like shimmering sequins yes (laughs) and i think that was such an amazing time i mean that was literally doing that show and in his costumes when the we did dresses oh my god the- if i could show you pictures right now i would i have them but um f- this huge headdress and these sequins and like uh, that was literally the point in my career where i actually felt like a sexy woman <laughs> on stage his costumes made me feel like that and the set and the and the sparkles and the stage and the lifts and how everything was so magnificent that I, in my career, that was really the first time that I felt like I could be sexy on stage and comfortable with my sexuality. And that's what Bob Mackie does yes. with his costumes. He makes you feel strong, bold, confident, and sexy. Yes, powerful. Yes. So that was a so good So Bob puzzle. Mackie, we salute you, <laughs> and we it was an honor to wear your costumes. Yes. 
Thanks for joining us this week, everyone. We'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.